Hi, I'm John. And I'm Cecilia. Welcome to Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks. Hey, Crazy Cats. Welcome back to another episode of Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks. Uh, sometime in January, early January, um, I was on Amazon. And you know I love to read. I can't help myself. I read everything. Even if I'm just sitting here, I'm reading and Amazon recommended this book to me called The Hauntings of Cold Creek Hollow. And it was book one in a, haunt, in a series called The Haunted Series. And I kind of get a little shy when I see book one. Because then you know there's a book two. And even if I don't like the book one, I'm going to read the book two because I've got to know what happens anyway, even if it's a horrible book. But to my surprise, this was not a horrible book. This and was delight. A, and oh my God, delight. This was a, a fantastic book. This was an amazing book. And I read it like in one night and quickly downloaded book two and book three and book four and book five. And before I knew it, I was through 28 books. It's <laughs> very disappointed because there was not a 29th book <laughs> yet. Uh, we are now up to book 30 in this series. And I have to tell you that these are books that you will get pulled into and not realize that the time is going by. So if you have time and you want to you wanna get out there and read it, it's Haunting of Cold Creek Hollow. And we are so fortunate today. We have the author of this series with us, Alexi Aaron. Alexi, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really enjoying being here. I love... Uh, to uh, talk about the series, and uh, I'm very interested in your uh, your paranormal ideas. Oh, and I want to start with, now I, I have to tell you, I have a list of questions. Sure. I have a list of questions about your background, because I read some things, and I have a list of questions about your books, because they are, we'll get to that. <laughs> First, let me, let me ask you about your background. You've had some experiences, correct? Yes, I've had experiences, um, Starting about age three. Oh, that's early. Yeah, we had a, um, first of all, anything I'm talking about, don't worry if it's a spoiler. It's not a big spoiler in the series. Okay. okay. But in the second book, Ghostly Attachments, we talk about a pla- platform rocker. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in, in a house with a platform rocker that rocked by itself. And when it rocked by itself, it had that old groan that they have. And I, it was just a common thing that you would hear it and my my parents would say, oh, the dog must have pushed it, because that's very easy, because, you know, they were always debunking something, yeah. <laughs> you know, going to the house. And one time, um, I was uh, relegated to the couch, which we had company, um, to sleep, and uh, it started rocking, and I was thinking, oh, it's the dog. And then I realized, no, the dog's on the couch with me. <laughs> so um, that was my first experience with something, and um, it's a family, they, they think it's a family ghost of Katie would be my grandfather's mother. I uh, love to sit and rock in that chair. And we're not the only ones that have seen it. People that uh, uh, were taking care of my parents' house and walked around their house while they were down in Florida saw it rocking by itself. And, you know, uh, there was no way there, it could do that. There was no breeze. There was nothing. Um, so we're not the only one to see it. Was that the only uh, type of experience that you had in that house with your family? Did you have other things happen? Well, it was a brand new house. Um, It was built uh, right before I was born, 1957. uh, But in that house, it was. But outside the house, 
my next memory, whether or not it is in a, a, a ghost, it is definitely paranormal. It was during the summer. I had gone to, like my, my brothers and sisters, we all had gone to a vacation Bible school in the morning. And I had three old, older siblings at the time. And we came back and my father had uh, put up an old Boy Scout tent um, canvas, the old one. Oh, yeah. I can smell it now. <laughs> and they have an opening in the front, the opening in the back. And so my mom told my brother and sister to watch me, so they immediately take off running, you know. Well, that's what brothers and sisters do. <laughs> yes, it's a sibling thing. So I enter the tent, and because, or I'm, I'm getting close to entering the tent, because I just came from vacation Bible school, and I'm a little tight, I decide I'm going to show Jesus the tent. So I open it grandly, and I invite Jesus into the tent. And I talk in, like, I'm having, you know, conversation. I don't remember seeing anything. But when I was done, I went to go to the back of the tent, and the flaps opened for me. Oh. Oh. And from that moment on, I had never, ever felt alone. Any situation, I know that if something was with me when I was just a tyke, there is somebody or something with you always. Wow. And that gave me a lot of confidence because I was quite a loner as a kid because I was freaky. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel protective or are you a little unnerved by it? Definitely it's protective. Um, I would say um, if uh, I, I I can't say it was in my, in my mind, it was Jesus. It probably wasn't. He's a pretty busy dude. Yeah. I just knew that something was, something was watching over me and Periodically in my life, um, I would run into that again uh, to the point of being 40 years old and seeing a disembodied hand stroke my forehead. Oh, my. Little things like that. So it's just like, okay. Um, but, but again, uh, it, it depends. Because it was so benevolent, it was never frightening. But I have had frightening situations. Um, uh, it's why I won't visit Tyrone or Tyron Palace in North Carolina, in New Bern, North Carolina again, um, and the Tower of London. I won't go there again because hmm. um, I've had two um, situations that felt like I was a vessel. Ooh. And uh, it, in, because we didn't have these wonderful ghost hunting shows, no explanation, it is quite scary when all of a sudden you feel yourself being like filled up, like coming solid from your ankles up and it keeps moving higher and higher. And all I could hear was smell of smoke. And this is in Tyrone Palace, smelled smoke and heard people and horses screaming. And I didn't know what was going on. My um, fiance at the time was my husband now. um, Thought maybe I had heat stroke because I'm a redhead, you get sunburn or whatever. So he took me out of the palace into the gardens and I was fine. The palace is a reconstruction. So it didn't make any sense to me until my mother-in-law had sent me down some books about the area. And I found out that that uh, building had, is a reconstruction because it was burned down. Oh. That the, um, the help, uh, the maids were locked upstairs. Oh. Um, and, and that they lost the stables. So, and it was, I, I think in uh, 1778 that happened. So that's when I started to think, maybe there's something else <laughs> out there that I should be careful with. Did, did you try to explore further what it could be? Um, 
Well, at the time would be in the 1975, 76. And there really wasn't, um, I actually had to drive by it every day because the, the, the route around uh, New Bern um, went around the palace. Um, and I never felt comfortable, you know, making those turns, didn't know what it was. Um, uh, I haven't seen anything since, you know, they got a wonderful tourist site and they're doing wonderful heritage things down there, but uh, didn't go any further. Um, the same situation in the Tower of London, because it was unexpected, because I, I was expecting, oh, maybe we'll see something, la, la, la. But I was standing in line to wait to see the jewel. You get on a conveyor belt and you go by either the representation of the jewels or the, you know, the royal jewels. And I was in line and the same thing happened. And, but I didn't hear anything at that point, but I felt uncomfortable and I stepped out of line and left and that was funny. So, um, just could be sensitive. I don't I don't see anything else. I don't have any talent, you know, <laughs> I have a great imagination. That's about it. So even now at this point in time, do you still maybe catch glimpses or feel something? Yeah. Well, we've had a, um, uh, the most recent, um, is in this house, our house is, we, because of my situation, I don't like living in older homes. Um, I kind of like to know the history yeah. of where I'm at. So our house uh, is, was built, and another house was built on foundations of an older home. Um, but what did, the situation happened here is I was peeling potatoes. Um, I'm not my favorite job where I was, you know, I, I had a peeler, and then I would smack it down, and then I would chop it up, and I'd put it away. So I was using two different knives. And I was just wrote, you know, you're just looking out the window, not even paying attention. And I set the paring knife down, and it spins. It oh. spin, was spinning towards me. And I thought, oh, God, it's going to land on my foot, or it's going to hit me in the stomach. And it was like if something slammed it down and stopped it instantly. And I said, oh, all I could say is, uh, thank you. That, yeah. That's a good thing to say in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's little things like that. But see, if if you if you find yourself like you you guys do a lot of um, investigation, if you find yourself in a situation and you are mistaken, you know, alone, which you shouldn't be, but if you are alone um, and the door opens for you and it shuts for you, just say thank you and just move on. Um, it's about the best you can do. That that is actually something we try to do. We try to be very respectful because it's not it's not like we're not all, you know, like you're professional because you've been doing this for so long. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a fiction writer. I have a big imagination. How much did I imagine? How much did I inflate it afterwards for my own amusement? You know, can I find something funny in it? Can I write it down? You know, you know things like that. Now we've also. Um, I think most of my situation otherwise had to do with um, re residual uh, hauntings. Um, they would be like uh, in the middle of our house in Florida was an old trail um, that the Mississippi Indians took. And periodically, um, oh, maybe around oh, that wonderful time, 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> that time. They would walk through my bed on the way out. With you in it. And it was... It was one of those things that, you know, you pulled your knees up, you know, excuse me. <laughs> and then it's just, and if they, and they never, no one ever looked at me. So I knew what it was. So I just let it go. 
but um, um, things like that. And then we had, um, again, be careful what you bring into your home. Uh, at the time, we wanted I wanted a crystal doorknob. And my wonderful daughter searched the internet at the time to find me one because at the time they, they didn't offer them at Lowe's and such and or restoration hardware. So we got one from a hotel that was demolished in Boston. Oh, a real old one. <laughs> a real old one. One that was, we polished it up and I actually had to um, manufacture, you know, kind of, you know, fiddle with it so it would work in a normal uh, door. Right. Um and oh, it was beautiful. I mean, it was real crystal. It was heavy. It was beautiful. And from that point on, my children, who were older, and they're not like they weren't. Um, they were in school, and one was in college. Um, uh, my 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 daughter came to me one day and says, oh, "It was so nice you sang to me last night." And I'm going like, "If I, I sang to you, it wouldn't have been nice." <laughs> <laughs> no. And. Uh, Another another incident. My son was sneaking out to get uh, to eat in the middle of the night because he was a night eater, and there was a shadow in the hallway, um, and and he thought it was me. And the woman said, "Get back to bed," <laughs> and he did. So this is these things. <laughs> so anyway, so when I decided to write something I knew about, because I'm not a hunter, uh, part of a group, I would write and maybe put in some of the things that have happened to me, you know, and make, you know, make light of them, make them entertaining. I was going to ask you if there was a specific inspiration behind your books, but I think you've already answered that because as you're telling your, your experiences, I'm like, oh, I've seen a piece of that here and I've seen a piece of that there. <laughs> and also I don't like looking, I won't uh, look out and I won't look out a window at night or in a mirror, which is tricky. And that's where, if you read in one of my books, I uh, have a mirror situation there. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I, my, one of those wall mirrors, and I won't even look I'm in the middle of the night to go to the restroom. I won't look. You know, <laughs> I have my eyes are cast down, and then I go back. Because I don't want to, I will never see anything there. Because I'm never going to look. So, and also, I'm one of those people you don't invite on a ghost hunt, because <laughs> I'm the run, dude, run person. <laughs> <laughs> Every ghost yeah. team needs to have that person. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought finally someone understood me. <laughs> <laughs> Every team needs to have the now this this can be explained otherwise. The person that's like I'm going to go charging in here to hell what happens. Uh-huh. And the one like uh-uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the three main important people for a team. We 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 just have the hey, let's go see what's going on for John and me. Uh-huh. But we do have a a third person who is a little more of the hmm, maybe not. So. <laughs> well, if it's if something happens, for instance, and it's slow, like in in the hauntings cult Hollow, uh, the person that's in the beginning of the book, uh, April, it, it slowly manifests mm-hmm. and it does something. And this is like almost repeated. I could handle that no problem. If it's coming at me fast, big problem. Um, the touching, believe it or not, the touching doesn't bother me. It's more of when you feel you're being taken over, that bothers me. Um, because um, 
you know, that's when you forget all the things that you prepared yourself for. Okay. You know, if you're, if you're not from with God, go, you know, all these things, you instant blank, you know, so, um, but see, that's why I have so much humor in my books because I try my best to make smart haunts. Like my, my, uh, ghost hunters don't go in and do the, the stupid things. I'm not saying that it's a stupid things, but careless things. Um, and that makes a harder book to write because um, there's no jump scares because they aren't entering, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling a door to see if there's heat behind it. They're doing this. They're trying to do things correctly. Um, and um, I guess in my way, that's I'm pretending to, to be on that hunt with them. So, Well, I, I don't know if I agree 100 percent with you, because um, <laughs> when they first started out. In the Cold Creek Hollow, they they did a couple of dopey things. They, they were a little oh, dopey yeah. to begin no, with. Yeah. Well, that actually that book came about because my son said write something different. So I I kind of started off to make a little fun, um, you know, not ridicule because I was at the time that was the beginning taps. I hadn't seen Ghost Adventures yet, and um, I was in love with Josh Gates. Um, so. I thought, well, let me put them on a different side. Let's have this little girl sensitive, this little woman sensitive, save their butts all the time. So I think that's how I start. I started it off, but as you see these people progress, and we're now, I've just finished uh, the 31st book. Oh, yeah. They are professionals. They've been doing this for, um, I've been writing them for eight years but they've been doing it for 10 years. When you reach 10-year mark, you can say you're a professional. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, they still make mistakes, um, and that's what kind of makes it fun. But I think I have more of my homeowners running into the problems um, than, let's say, um, uh, uh, Mia does, which is my main character. Yeah, Mia is awesome. She's just awesome from start to finish. Well, thank you. There, there's nothing that Mia can't do. So, um I, before we get into the books, I have to ask another question. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of superstition when you're writing? Like there are some writers who, who have to absolutely have a certain pen and write it out hand, long, longhand. Uh, Stephen King has got a, a particular notebook that he's partial to that he's got to write with. Uh, you know, you've got to just sit a certain way or there's certain hours. Is there a, a superstition or a ritual that you adhere to? Well, I I'm a keyboard writer. I, it has to come. It comes through my. It comes through my. I'm also a seat of the pants writer. It comes through my head to the keyboard. I kind of need a keyboard. Um, I try to uh, during a long drive to try to write a book. I can't do it uh, that way. Um, uh, I get up at four thirty in the morning um, because I get woke up with with inspiration. See, what I do is I'm in the midst of writing. Um, right before I go to bed, I will read the last thing I wrote during the day. And then I wake up four 30 with a book or more of the book. So I, I do that. But as far as the only superstition, um, I, I think when my right hand itches, I'm going to get money. I mean, that's as far <laughs> as it goes, but, but I don't have to, um, uh, there's, oh, there's some subjects that I might stay away from. Um, I try not to be blasphemous. I try to consider other people's, you know, point of view. Yeah. Um, I, but I tend to, I might, I might use humor a lot. Um, but 
I also, I'm an um, egalitarian. I believe we're all the same. Um, so um, it's kind of a main staple. If I'm going to write, I'm going to write both sides of the story. If they're going to deal with the demon, I'm going to write the demon side of the story. You know, I'm going to try to look at both sides. Um, and that's kind of how I can sleep at night. Um, uh, sometimes I wonder, I might be a little rough on my uh, uh, my feathered friends, um, but you know, I'm sure they would tell me if I was out of line. <laughs> so. Give me Angelo any day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you do something in your books that a lot of writers do not. That most writers do not. Most writers will write a set of core characters, and occasionally have other people come in and out and mm-hmm. out. Right, secondary yep. characters. They'll be in a primary location. Um, and, you, and you do have this, this set of core characters, but you have such a robust, detailed, in-depth set of secondary characters, and they don't come in for like half a book and disappear. They're all part of this whole story from start to finish almost. I sat down before this and I was like, you know what? I don't want to sound like an idiot on this this interview. I read her books. I love her books. My memory stinks. I'm going to write down all the characters' names so that... I don't call somebody by the wrong name on the the secondary characters Mm -hmm. before I realized that, yes, you have that list in the beginning of one of your books, (laughs) but we won't go there. Yeah, I I think I started, mm, I wonder if I started in Middle House. Somebody had made made a suggestion to me. They said, you have a lot of characters. Can you um, make a glossary? And I thought, excellent. Yes. Because um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have 700 plus characters because I had to put... Because I made a big blunder, and I'm admitting it to everyone, I gave Whitney and Ted the same last name. Yeah. That's a rookie mistake. That's in my first book. <laughs> hey, it, uh, it can happen. After, and they aren't, well, they aren't even nice to each other. It's just nothing there. But, but you know, a name like Martin, there's a lot of them. I mean, I could, I could, I'm just admitting it was an error on my part. Since then, my editor has me any character, even if it's a grocery clerk they talk to, if they have dialogue, I have to list them. Yeah. And what I decided to do is anything in that first book, The Hauntings of Cold Creek Hollow, that didn't get addressed, I will address it in another book. I will go back. Mm -hmm. And in fact, these books, um, uh, a lot of my book, well, I have a lot of readers that read them over and over again mm-hmm. um, because they they see that they'll go like, oh, here's the history. This this person's going to be important here. You know, it's it's a tremendous arc that um, that I have over the uh, uh, the first thirty books, and um, uh, it, and it's I these core characters. Oh, the reason I I, I support have all these great supporting characters. It's because I have read writers that I never liked their main character, but I love the people around them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you can't, not everyone's going to like Mia. I mean, because most, my my biggest complaint is, does everyone have to love Mia? Well, this is the character. This is who she is. Uh, uh, She's very rough in the beginning, and you'll see that she has character progression. She Mm -hmm. gets better, maybe backslides a little bit, and keeps going. Um, over the course of the book, I want to show character growth. I want to not only put you into that 
uh, book with them, but I want you to be able to turn around and talk to her, like, again, you know, or something. Um, I want you to know these people. And how you get that is by having the supportive characters, like um, my favorite supporting character um, has to be, uh, I'm going to go off the peeps, and because I, I consider them all main characters, um, would be uh, uh, Altair. Um, or Angelo. I love Angelo. My feather friends is what I call them. Sometimes it's it's uh, late in the later books. It's it's a guy named Baxter. I just didn't. It just for some reason he and my main character gel, and you get so much comedy and so much insight from those characters. And you have to reuse them because in life, I'm sure that you've seen people that you went to school with if you live in the same area over and over again, or uh, you see the same grocery clerk, or you see all that, you know, that guy that walks on the street with the dog and he has no, you know, shoes on, you know, you see him again and again. It's not like people disappear from your lives and you have to, you know, bring in new characters. But I, I admit it is challenging. That's why I ended up putting a glossary in there. With so many characters, and I appreciate the glossary. I just want to tell you that right now. <laughs> but with so many characters, and they, none of them have a small role, really. I mean, they all have a voice, and they all have a personality, and they all have a life. And, and you go into very rich detail with that. But with so many characters, did you sit down at the start of all this series and say, hey, I'm going to plot this out? So no. many books down the it's line. A, no, it's a um, it's a news situation. I sit down and um, and say, I, with the exception of puzzle, because someone asked me to write a book like that, and um, uh, and the the tenth book, which is the return to Cold Creek Hollow, mm-hmm. I did not plot the books out. Um, I kind of I've got one of these brains, these engineering brains that um, I hold a lot in my brain. <laughs> And um, I pretty much um, let it go um, and go with it. And if I get into a big corner, um, I have to engineer my way out. Um, As far as remembering the characters, um, I think I have forgotten that I killed a character once and used them. And and Australia reminded me, (laughs) like, what did you do? Oh, she was so kind. She Uh. messaged me. Oh, um, your listeners, if you find an error in an author's book, message them. Don't put put it on Amazon. Come on, give us exactly. <laughs> give us a chance to fix it. Right, uh, Alexi. With the nature of your books, you can kill off a character and still have them come back in a later well, that's book. That's true though. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just you know we and, and actually I, um, uh, I I talked to her about it. I says, what would you think if I wrote this in? you know, this book, and this is how we're going to fix it. Because it, it happens, um, I don't want to talk about it now because it's, it's part of the book I'm writing now, sure. or, or editing now. But I said, why don't we, um, you know, and I said, we, and she was like, me? We? You're going to be the one to tell me, oh, that's not going to work. I mean, you pulled that out of your behind. Um, instead, you know, I worked around it, and the, the, the character that was supposed to had died um, was was basically uh, a wingless birdman, and they can, they regenerate every forty years. So I mean, that kind of worked. My lore saved me there. Yeah. But yes, I too have to go back, and I'm using a character. 
I go back to the books that I've listed that they're in and I reread what they've done. Um, because once you make that mistake, you think you're going to always make the mistake. So I, I do go back and I check them. But as far as the big arc, no, I've been very lucky. Wow. I have planned out some stories, but I, I don't sit with a, um, uh, I might say, okay, I'm, I'm heading into uh, restitution. Um, I'm going to, or I'm going to start to tell the back, the big backstory of Mia in that book. Then yes, I will be plotting it because I have it, it, that backstory has to match the backstories that I've given in the prior sixteen books. Yeah. So, yeah. But otherwise, oh, um, if it's a long-running arc like the Sign of Shura, yes, um, I keep I keep that you know notes on that. Um, but as far as I try with every book has it, I will end the story. Um, or three stories or two stories, depending on the book. Um, and there might be this other arc that comes around, but I want the reader to feel like when they finish the book, that they don't have to buy another book. You know, that they've, they've had the, the, the experience. They don't have to wait for the next one to come out because they, they've had the experience that, oh, they know what happened. This, you know, things are, you know, Mia comes out of the well. They know what happens. You don't have to, like, stop the book, you know. Well, what happened to me? I don't like stuff like that. I would like to have complete stories. So I, I think I think you kind of failed on that front only because we sit there and wait for the next book, <laughs> not because it's like what happened next. It's because we've fallen so in love with the characters that they're like they're like family. They're like friends. They're like, and you can't wait to hang out with them again. Well, thank you. Um, I. Um, I work hard to make them human, I think. Well, human-esque. <laughs> First of all, I write paranormal entity exposure partners. I write a paranormal fantasy book. It's not just about ghost hunters or ghosts, mm -hmm. you know, which I think that people would like. I mean, because of that, that's why I did the Sid series, because that would just deal with ghost hunting um, and no feathers. <laughs> I like the feathers. Oh, I'm glad you do. I'm glad because it's like, I just... It just clicked, um, um, and I'm actually writing a single book, a, sing, uh, a single book uh, called Angelo, which I'm going to take him from his beginning. You just made my heart pound. Oh, I'm. Uh, it's 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 seventy thousand words right now. I call it my. When I get to seventy thousand work words, I feel like I can walk around. I've got a break. It's like the seven inning stretch with baseball. <laughs> Um, and take it, you know, I take a look at it again. I've wanted to tell his story because, um, you know, there's just so much there. And um, the idea, I haven't really explained why these, this periodical society of uh, birdmen, why they are the way they are and explained it. This was an excellent time to deal with that. And, and since Angelo's a, a hybrid, um, you get to learn a little more about him and uh, why he is the way he is. Um, but, you know, I'm at the point right now, I really like him. I don't want to mess him up. <laughs> so. He's grown a lot. Oh, he's so nice. You know, I started off, he's an eight-year-old boy, and it's just like, oh, man, I just love eight-year-old. I mean, <clears throat> that sounds odd, but writing eight-year-old uh, boys, um, because they're so free and they're so... Uh, they don't question anything and um, they have no responsibilities. And, and then I'm taking him through his life. Um, 
So uh, yeah, this is a tough book, but um, hopefully, I'm very excited. Um, it'll be a good one. But I made it a standalone, meaning that that if you, let's say, have your Aunt Martha, I'm not going to read a ghost hunting book or something. You could have her; she could read this, and she's not missed out on anything because this is not a prequel, but it's it's his backstory. This is before um, he meets up with. Uh, uh, peeps with the haunting the Cold Creek Hollow. Before his entire life changes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and by a little bird, yes. He is probably my favorite character, not of the ghost hunting group, mm-hmm. outside the ghost, outside the Martins and the, and the ghost. He's probably my favorite character because he has, he started out cold a little bit and distant a little bit but he's grown up yeah right he's not he's not as spiteful he's not as angry he's not and and that was a really nice thing to see is that he's finally starting to mature yeah, that's the influence of mia oh yeah and the influence of of peeps it's like um well um i kind of say and maybe i say too much i'm trying not to but mia gets her humanity from ted yes angelo gets his humanity from mia um, Mia says, you know, it's not the end result. It's what happens all around you, you know. And I think that, um, uh, you know, I think I think it's because once upon a time, someone said something to me that made me think different. And um, that's how you grow your character. Uh, okay. One more question. Well, mm-hmm. I've got like 50 more questions. I'm lying. I've got 50 more questions. But <laughs> when you started writing the series. Mm-hmm. And and you brought in Peeps and you introduced Peeps to Mia. Did you always know it was going to be Mia and Ted, or did that surprise you? Well, when I when I wrote um, Hauntings, I knew that it would not be Whitney. Oh God, no! Because i I didn't want the I didn't want the gorgeous guy to get the girl, and my editor would not let me because he still had a wife. Uh- <laughs> well, yeah, there was that. <laughs> That would have been something, you know, but it's just, um, and, and it's funny, it's, it was her school, her school crush, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, uh, I, I, um, I started with, with Bert and, um, and I realized that I put her with a character that was so egocentric that, that this was not a good match. And then, you know, the whole Whitney thing, I think I did the Whitney thing for my husband because my husband was my high school crush. And I just, then I thought, well, the problem with him is that you can't, how you need somebody to be there all the time. I wanted to write similar to, I don't know if any of you guys are, are familiar with the Thin Man series. Um, with um, it's a it's a black and white. It's a 1930s movie series, and they have a husband and wife team. I think they're doing. Uh, they're always drunk, but you know that's the fun part. <laughs> but they had such marvelous banter, very similar. Um, you know, very very marvelous banter. They were a married couple, and I want to say because most books, you can't marry your main character without losing your audience. So I thought, as um, I kind of knew in the third book, Sand Trap, that it was going to be Ted. Um, and then I did uh, four novellas mm-hmm. and uh, definitely knew in the second novella that I did um, that it was going to be Ted. Because there, Mia never had a childhood, so she would marry Peter Pan. And that's what Ted is, basically Peter Pan. And also, 
he loves comic books. He loves superheroes. He thinks he's Batman. You know, <laughs> so it's, see, every time Mia changes, he exalts it. He loves it. You know, she came home with three arms. He knows what to deal with it. You know, this is because of the way he loves, he's, you know, he's a nerd, loves comic books and can see only the best in her. And I thought, everyone needs that type of person behind you if you're constantly changing, you know, changing wings, yeah. you know, changing sides, whatever you're doing. It's nice to have somebody that makes you brave. And that's why I decided on Ted. When they keep messing with your genetics, you, you do kind of need somebody to fall back on. Yes, especially when you don't know what's going on. And, and like um, I had, um, it, it, you know, the other leading man, so to speak, is, is, is Murphy. Yes. Well, Murphy isn't comfortable with her changing, but Ted is. So, again, this is why the books may favor Ted over Murphy. I, I like Murphy, like, a lot, but he is also very much a product of his time. Yes. And the way that he thinks. I don't think he could handle... If they were in a relationship, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't think he could handle her. No, I don't think I definitely like if you if you kind of match her up like, oh, what if she went this way? Now, during my deciding who I was going to match her up with, because all along I did want it to be like a husband and wife team, because I think that's so very special, especially in ghost hunters and such. If you, Because there's always somebody that's going to be waiting or somebody that's the person that's doing the tech work and the other person is, you know on the microphone or something. It's such a wonderful, uh, almost symbiotic relationship. Uh, you know, Ted makes her brave, as long as she can hear. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia, uh, he's just fascinated by her. He's, uh, he's a genius, but yet he's not bored by her. Um, I just thought it was a good thing. Um, of course, he's insecure, too, as a lot of smart guys are. It seems like she gets him to take more risks as well. I, I do want to say that, that some of the gadgets and gizmos that Ted comes up with, that Ted and Sid have built, I want some of those when we go out on investigations. That little crawly thing with the cameras, yeah, oh, I oh, want yeah. that. Curly? Yeah, I want that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cur- curly. curly's my favorite, um, especially when uh, he gets taken over by Jake. Um uh, I don't know. It's like I'm just thinking, you know, again, it's because I'm a fan of what you guys do. I, I'm thinking that, hey, if I could invent something, I'm going to, you know, this is how I invent it. I'm doing it fictionally, obviously. You know, I don't have to worry about gizmos and gears and whether or not it can handle the humidity. <laughs> you know? And and I don't have to think of physics. So, um, but as far as it's, it, it makes it fun for me. Also. I, I want those light cubes too. Oh, the, the light disc, yeah. Yeah, I, I want those. I'd like to have a couple. <laughs> you know, since I wrote a couple things, some things have shown up, you know, like little micro lights yeah. um, out there, which is really cool. Um, but uh, I just think the, um, the it's just fun. It's a, it's a fun book. It's a challenging series to write, but it is fun for me, too. Otherwise, I would not get up at 4.30 in the morning to do it. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't get up at 4.30 in the morning now unless my cats were hungry. <laughs> and only, only then because they don't give me a choice. They kind of sit right on my head and they meow in my face. Like this one? Yeah, ah. like that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you have Mia and all her talents and all her challenges and Ted. And Ted is part of Peeps. Mm-hmm. And we get to watch the evolution of Peeps from really kind of bungling newbies to really 
pulled together a pulled together team. Did you do a lot of research on that? Um, I mean, how how did you pull that together in the beginning? The main thought is is if every time you write, well, every time I write a book, um, I'm going to take into account that if you've made a mistake before, meaning uh, a Peeps member, you are not going to make that mistake again. So then the level, the challenge for me to make, you know, maybe put them in a tougher situation or how they would handle something comes into play. I look at, again, um, also have seen the difference between um, early uh, taps, which, you know, I loved it. You know, I'm not going to give those guys any hassle. Um, and Josh Gates, anything he's in. I mean, there is a different level of investigation when you're dealing with those two shows. Mm-hmm. And I've not seen um, Ghost Adventures. I understand that's a hoot. But um, but as far as um, I look at the difference there, I mean, anything you do, you're going to do it better the next time. You know, it's like um, uh, you just will. And it, it's a challenge to write because I want, I want actually – uh, John and Cecilia, I want you in the book. Oh, you know, God. if you're reading the book, <laughs> I want you in there. Yeah. I want you stuck in a wall because, you know, such and such happened, you know, or, and I don't think you would be stuck in the wall. You would probably have some kind of tether going on. So it's just like the next time they will have a tether going on. Oh, no, I'd get stuck in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be looking up like, oh, help. <laughs> well, it's it's like, so then I, 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 I try to make it this way. And the, the basically where we are with them now with um, uh, Myth and Mouse was the last book you read. Smoke and Mirrors is the next book, which is in editing. It should come out the second week of September. Yay. Um, the question has been raised in the end of Myth and Mouse. Hey, why don't you supervise smaller teams? Um, because you guys are now what Angelo and Father Santos and Gerald um, were and, and Beverly were in the first book. You guys have graduated. You guys are are the top, right? And then write it that way. And um, uh, because I all you know, there's uh, it's it's very difficult for me to if I'm going to continue a series. I promise my readers every book was going to be different. Um, and I can't be the, the writer that is, is writing the same thing, but maybe we find the pearls instead or something. Um, or, you know, this person died this way, not this way. I have to make it different because it's a promise I made because I, my job is to entertain you. You will not be entertained if you're seeing a formula I, I try desperately to stay out of that whole formula thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I can I can attest that this is not formula writing. It is not the same book thirty times. And some some uh, some books are better than others. I try to make each book better, and I hopefully my writing has improved. I no long no longer get hit with things from my editor. Like <laughs> <laughs> you have to see my my uh, my list of homophones I've used wrong. Oh, it's amazing. But as far as um, it is something that is a joy for me, and um, I'm on that adventure with you because I'm not a plotter. Um, I'm a terrible person. You won't see me writing another. Oh, you, you might, but it'd be very difficult for me to write a book with somebody else in mind because I would have to 
any time that I've had to deal with an outline, like the book Puzzle, or get to a certain point, it was very difficult for me to write. It was like I was almost writing against my instincts. So um, uh, that's basically why it would be very difficult for me to write with somebody else. Because it has been suggested, and, you know, I've had, you know, had to you know, kind of, you know, say, no offense, but I'm the last person you want on your team. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, um, in the in the very early days, I did a uh, online web uh, area was called Slush Pile Reader, where I met some extraordinary writers, and we did something called a writing tag, where someone would write and then another person would pick up, and they would write more, you know, and and it would go around the team, um, and it was fun to do, but if they weren't following the rules, like it has to be readable by someone sixteen. I just would get so uptight. And I, and I realized at that point, um, I'm turning something that's supposed to be fun into work, so I have to back off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not, because in my books, um, my Haunted, the Haunted series, the world of the Haunted series has rules in it. I don't know if you've, you've kindred into any of them. And I don't break one lightly um, without, uh, um, you know, really reasoning it out. Because if 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 uh, in the beginning um, Murphy could only go so far, he could only go so far. Then I figured out, oh, but he could go far if we took his axe head with him. Right. And then he can go because it's only a state of mind um, that how far you can go. Um, so again, I would take existing lore and twist it to my benefit, but I still had to stay within the same rules, or you're not going to believe me. Um, uh, that's my, you know, not only do I want to entertain you, but I want you to think, oh, well, in the haunted world, this can happen. And Big Bear Lake, this is possible. Oh, she can't do this because, you know, this type of thing. So, um, like, how many times can I bring Mia back to life? Uh, <laughs> well, given her genetic makeup, I think, I think fairly indefinitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although the way the family is growing, I'm not sure she'd want to. Yeah. Well, yeah, also, you, you have to be honest, too, with your characters. Here you have a character of, of, of a mother, and she's got to think uh, she's more suited to be in the warrior squadron, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she's a mom, and she has a family at home. So what, what choice is she going to make? So that is, the you know, I, I think about it kind of seriously. Where I can make it real, I'm going to make it real. If I take you someplace like Nola, I've been there. Um if if I'm going to talk about Quizacoto, um, uh, I have researched it in Spanish. I have researched it in you know at, at as many places I can get information to get that. If I'm going to give you Norse gods, I have read everything I can get my hands on, because the more real I can make it for you, the more you're going to enjoy it while you're reading it. Instead of going uh uh, <laughs> they, they definitely come across realistic, but. With a level of humanity as well, which I think is is awesome. Honestly, redemption is a big theme. Um, is underlining theme under this is anybody um, who wants to be redeemed. Doesn't matter what entity you are, you can be. You know, but you have to want it. You know, it just can't be a smokescreen. Um, and also, it's like right, like Quentin and Baxter. Yeah, nobody's perfect. We all we are all fallible. And let's let's fix whatever you did wrong, and you know, go on and try it again. So, 
There's a lot of children in the books. Yes. And there there are a lot of gifted, talented children mm-hmm. that have, have their own. Will we see them coming a little more to the forefront as time goes on, the triplets and the Martin clan and Ed and Judy's kids and all that? Well, originally I had thought to, now this was, we had talked about it. Um, and I don't know when to make the jump, um, making a giant, uh, making a jump. But for me to make that jump, I'm going to have to envision a world that's 10 years from now. Um, but in the smoke and mirrors, there will be something that will delight you in there. Um, each of these kids, um, they, they're, you know, right on to the, the, the last one to join, you know, Christian, um, uh, they will be used. I mean, I use. I, <laughs> I know what you mean. Use. I'm going to put you to work. I don't care if you're just in diapers. <laughs> you will work. <laughs> you will earn your keep. Yes. I don't know because I I keep thinking about Brian. Yes. Especially Brian, and I forget sometimes how young he is. Mm-hmm. But he is such a handful. Yes. I can see him getting into trouble. Well, it's it's the um it's the Again, you hear if you have. Um, I am very fortunate um, that I have a, a Brian in my house. Um, <laughs> fortunate, uh, it, you know. I have have a my um, my daughter um, off the scales and intelligent. Um, when she was little, a lot of Brian comes from her. Um, uh, a lot of uh, Varden comes from the next one. Um, but what I did with them is that. If you have someone like Ted as the parent, who's, I mean, as the sire basically, uh, has uh, this, this increased intelligence, Mia is superhuman, you know, you can jump them a little bit up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he also has the problem that he's a little boy, but he thinks he's an adult already. So he's going to make these terrible mistakes. Um, uh, but he will also learn from them. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly. They didn't like it when I when I and I kind of showed them. Brian's kind of a brat, a little bit. But my daughter wasn't. But Brian is, and um, uh, but yet it's because he questions things. Why is he this way? It's because he's frustrated. And because how many kids do you see in school, um, and or adults that are in a job that that is not uh, enriching them, they get bratty. They act out. So I kind of make him pretty real. But he is, after all, the chosen one. So um, it's like, and you also have that on your plate. How would a kid feel this, you know, that knows that everything he's learning and doing is going to mean something in uh, 999 years? <laughs> or so, yeah. So. It, it's got to be hard to be that smart in that family, in that situation, and know that your life is pretty much predestined for you. I think I would probably be bratty too. Right. And it's, well, look at Mia, how she fought. Yeah. You know, here she fought. She did, uh, did not want to, um, in, uh, uh, things that go bump in the night, she did not want to be part of that burden society. No way. Now she's working for him. You know, it's just, you know, destiny kind of gets you, you know, but it was on her terms. Um, you know, it's, uh, but then I think, you know, um, but see, Brian also is protected, um, but they also want him to be normal. They want uh, him to understand humanity. Uh, these wonderful, 
little boys in Tibet, Dalai, you know, future Dalai Lamas and such, and and they isolate them, or in China. And why are they doing that? You know, how are they going to help the world if they don't understand the world? So that's why I, I do what I do with Brian. Okay. So, not the, he's not a messiah, nothing like that. No. He's just going to be a sage, basically. He's going to be something. Yeah. I, I'm hoping we see a lot more of him coming up. Uh, let, let's talk about Sid for a little bit. Uh-huh. He is an interesting character to have as a best friend for Ted. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, in my opinion, he's what keeps Ted somewhat normal and grounded. Right. Right. So I, I really yeah. like having him around. I like how his character has developed. Will we see more of his books going forward? Uh, basically, um, probably, that is probably first year. I backed on just a wee bit on him um, during COVID. Um, Honestly, my husband lost his job. So um, a haunted series, I, I'm supporting families. So a haunted series book sells for more. It just sells for a dollar more, but it, it has a bigger um, uh, reader base. And it's, an, it's, it's two things. It's a matter of economics and it's a matter of uh, I need a story. Because the next story will take place in Chicago because Kiki bought all that, um, uh, all those uh, that block of old mm-hmm. high rises. So uh, it'll definitely take place there. It will have uh, Sally in it. Okay. And um, and also, uh, if the people if people are just reading the Sid series, they won't get uh, they won't feel like they have to read the last haunted book to know what happens. Because I'm very careful with that. That you could just read the Sid series in- independently. Um, and um, but uh, you know, but Sid is a great character. Um, he, he's, he's growing, he's, um, uh, he's pedantic. He, um, <laughs> yes. really likes his best friend. I don't know if you have you know, met people like this, that the best friend just never goes away. <laughs> like, hello, we're married and you're still here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know something about that. Yeah. Right, a little John? bit. <laughs> a little bit. I, I called John's best friend, my sister wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's like they call they call Sid his you know the, the wife or the spouse. <laughs> I I I'm, I met him uh, through an audition on Craigslist. Uh-huh. We were looking for a, a new lead singer for our band. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he responded to the Craigslist ad and came, and he was just so charismatic and just so yeah. I I just there are no words to explain. If you want to hear him, I'll send you a link. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, we have played together for what, eight. Ten. Eight, ten years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... That's my sister wife. Yep, and he's become my best friend. He was my best man at our wedding, and... The kids call him Auntie. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yep. I love it. But anyway, it's that kind of thing. I think that's wonderful. You're very fortunate. Very fortunate. Um, to have that relationship. That's great. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it, it can be challenging at well, times. Well, you know, but you know, you can see like, but see, Cecilia and I, you can understand how me is going mm-hmm. to, you know? Yeah. It's just like, okay, but it's like, she's, but she's got, she has Murphy. So it's like. But they're there. Sometimes yeah. You, I want a Murphy. Put up, like maybe your Murphy is ghost hunting or something. And, you know, and, and John joins you with that. So it's like, we all have our other, you know. Our other wives. Our other wives. <laughs> <laughs> Our other loves. You know, and 
fully understandable, you know. Sadly, I think my Murphys are my cats. <laughs> Which are all over us right now. Yeah, they're they're all over the place right now. As we record this. <laughs> Can I ask what's coming up in 31? Uh, 31 is, um, uh, it's called Smoke and Mirrors. Um, it's, uh, I'm not using COVID. Um, oh, first of all, Myth and Malice and Smoke and Mirrors are the two books that were written during COVID. Um, uh, there was a, uh, I mentioned, um, how to put it this way, uh, The Migration of Ghosts, mm-hmm. which is, I've been a little low-key on. And this has to do with migration totally. Um, I am taking um, peeps to Virginia City. um, And um, not only them, uh, but Lone Ranger and Tonto or Lorna Granger and (laughs) Tanya Toe are in that. um, I'm pulling uh, uh, John Ryan and Whitney Martin. Really? and so they're they're going to be there too. It's and obviously um, it's it has a um, we're going to uh, bring Victor in um, for reasons um, and just basically uh, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be adventuresome. And uh, um, during this, there there I'm not going to tell you what, but there's something really big that that. I am one of the few people who's ever done in 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 a series, so Ooh. it's going to happen. Um, nothing to worry about. It's just uh, I I was you know I was excited to do it, um, and um, that's going on. And a mini 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 micro mini peeps haunt with the kids is in there. Really, really, yay. We got an exclusive. I listen. It takes me a while, but I listen. <laughs> Another exclusive? Yes. The, she's doing a, a micro mini investigation using the kids. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to read that, too. Yeah. You you keep your books interesting. There's 30 books. Mm-hmm. 31 soon to be. Possibly 32. Don't ever stop writing them, by the way. Uh, and they all stay interesting. And then you have the spinoff, which is the Sid series. and Right. It's different, but it's just as engaging, mm-hmm. and the characters are just as rich and real. Well, thank you. You started, but you started later. You started. You only started eight years ago. Did Did you want to be a writer? I started. Yeah, I started publishing um, uh, eight years ago uh, on January twelfth, two thousand twelve. Um, uh, okay, January seventh is when I put uh, "Haunting the Cold Creek Hollow" out there. Um, I wrote it probably the year before. Uh, that one never saw. I never sent it to a uh, publisher. I think I spent. I've been writing on and off prior to that for ten years. Spent wasting time uh, with publisher queries, uh, synopsis. I was my very first books were uh, um, cozy mystery cozies, um, the Simpson Lathan series, um, and. I wasn't getting anywhere, and a wonderful woman who uh, named Janet, Janice Ivy, who writes Wisteria and Woodsmoke, said to me, why don't you put them on Amazon? And I'm going like, well, that's self-publishing. No, put them on so people can at least read them. So I put the, um, I put the cozies out there, and then I put Haunting the Cold Creek Hollow, and the readership ate that up. They went like wild. Oh, they took it off. Cool. 
Oh, oh Jesus. I, I, I actually put it out there as a, as a, you know, free, because that was supposed to be, okay, people read this, and they'll think, oh, what did Alexia and do? And then she, they would read the mysteries. No, they wanted more, so I wrote Ghostly Attachments. And in Ghostly Attachments, I, I made a decision that part of that book was going to have an element in it that I'm going to test to see if the readers will buy. And that was the buy location or oop. Um, and they liked it. And I thought, okay, I can write this now. And then I get into sand trap where I invent, um, how to get trap a ghost in something in a fulgur, right? I think I'm the only one that's done that. I'm not bragging. It's just, I thought, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to try this. But, um, then it's just like, I, I kind of gauged, you know, and then they, they took off. Um, I wrote two, um, novellas, which was Eternal Maze and Homecoming, in between that and Darker and Dark. And that was just, I call it Peep's Light. Mm-hmm. Um, basic, basically, um, it's, just a, it's just a story that deals with the peeps and uh, doesn't further the, um, the main story. Any, I, that's a Eternal Maze and Homecoming. And then I did the same thing after something, uh, something old. I did two more uh, Peep's Lights. Uh, basically, because I found out that if you have a book up there, it advertises your first book in a sense. Yes. Because yeah. oh, yeah. who's this? You know, and but um, I would have done more of those, but you know, basically, I don't make any any money on them. I just put them out there um, because they're fun and they're they're small, and um, it you know they had a place. You know, it's. So basically, um, I tried not to advance the story. I tried not to advance, like, who Mia was with in those two books. Yeah, they're just little side stories, but they add, they add to the experience. So. Mm-hmm. But it's just something that, um, uh, you know, I will, I will write the Haunted series as long as I have ideas. Yay! And if I, if I do the big jump, I will not jump it into being a young adult because I have I think my language is a little too um, non-young adult. And when you run young adults, I, I believe you should follow uh, certain rules. And I don't think I would be comfortable in that in my storytelling. So, you know, it may use the kids, but it won't be young adult books. Um, and hopefully um, I have uh, The Night of Pages um, is a single stand uh, book. And uh, that one... I'm hoping to market as a movie. Oh, cool! That would—that's. I would love to see the haunted series, and and but I only think that it, it could probably exist in anime. But that's not bad. No, that could work. But I haven't heard anything yet. I don't know if I agree with you on on it only being an anime with all the special effects. If they could do Avatar, they could do this. They could, they could. But I'm I'm just thinking, you know, could they get the budget to do that with the CGI? Yeah, I mean, that that's a huge thing for a studio to do it's just feathers <laughs> is that it <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly you know but uh can i ask a question you sure can, always is there any any book that was your favorite oh let that, me think about uh, that spoke to you in in particular um especially considering what you guys do well there's two books as soon as you said that that jumped to mind obviously the first one mm-hmm 
because it was the first one, because it set up all the framework for everything that came after. Yeah. And you first get to know the characters, but you get to know the characters young and stupid and raw. Uh-huh. And I really I really enjoyed that, right? Because you didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't know what was going to happen next. And everything was a surprise I didn't know to what was going to happen next. <laughs> right. right. No one knew what was going to happen next. That's what's so great. No, no. <laughs> and the other one that I really liked, um, I mean, you, you have a lot of... A lot of scenes in all your books, as far as the paranormal part of it, about the research, the team going out, yep. that's, that are pretty dead on. And, I mean, some of it is a little a little fictionalized because we, we don't usually have, well, for entertainment. have ghosts trying to kill us when we go out. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had, like, the, the, whole, the whole framework of the paranormal team and how they go in. But the one book I really, really enjoyed was when they were investigating Glenda's house. Mike's house. Oh yes, yes. The um, um, Rose by n- any other name, right? Yeah. I think that's. I I don't remember what the title is. I'll be honest. I don't remember yeah, what the title a rose, was. A Rose by any other name. Yeah. But for a number of reasons, one the whole the whole thing in the shed, um, that whole entity, and and we find out that that Mike's got this this secret that he's not really he didn't really tell anybody being visited. Oh, that's. That, oh, that's the homecoming. Yeah, yeah that, that one. That's the novella. Yeah. Um, and you build it up slowly, right? You don't like beat people over the head that there's this entity, and it's not like here's this entity, and it's like it. It just kind of it's it it just it shows up and it's there and it affects him and it's there and people are like, hey, what the heck's going on? And I, I like the way that that built that whole story built up, and I think isn't this the one with the well? Yes, this is the one as well. Yeah, and that—that's like the most pivotal part of any story in the whole in the whole Mia universe is what happens with that well, because who rescues her, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like in. in, in I'm trying not to do spoilers, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hanging back, listening. I'm, <laughs> yep. Well, I also like. Uh, the idea of the the town of Lund is a real. It's another town. It's called Donovan, Illinois. I visited this place with my um, husband, and it's a, it's a farm town that just got left out, and there's no industry, and people just kind of moved out because there's no place, you know, because the big corporate farms are taken over. So I knew I got the feel of it. Um, that helps too. You know, if you've been someplace, it, it really will show up in what you're writing. Right. Um, yeah. It's just right down to that gigantic bathtub or the, the bathtub in the big room. Um, you know, that's all real. Um, but uh, and, and also the feeling that when you walked out, even though the, the other houses were boarded up, you felt that other people were walking out with you. Yeah. Um, you could feel that. And, you know, um, yeah. That's um yeah I really like that one um but you know I I like I like them all and but you know it's sort of like um the ones that uh, stick out for me are the ones that other people don't like but I think that's that's I guess it, uh, John you're in, in music right in bands yes. the, probably the song the band likes the the audience doesn't right like, right um exactly and yeah and so uh, it's like well. What you know, like restitution is probably uh, the most, the least like of the books, and I liked it the most, right? Because, um, but so it's just uh, it's a matter of taste and, and perspective and such. And uh, but I am so grateful that I have readers. 
Um, I just, and they talk to me, they message me. Uh, they don't let me get away with crap. Um, they, <laughs> I bet uh, they don't. <laughs> encourage me. They, they root for me. And when I was feeling low and I said, hey, you know, I've got a troll um, that's you know, dumping on my books. If you like the books, could you write something for Amazon? And they came through. And I will never forget that. That's why I wrote uh, the last two books are 170,000 words. I wrote them for those readers. Um, give them something extra, you know, not raise the price, just give them something extra as a thank you. Because it was all of a sudden it wasn't, I'm not writing to a wall, I'm writing to people and they're responding to me. So I'm very, very grateful, very, very thankful. That's incredible. That That is the best thing you could ever hope for, I would imagine. Yeah. Before we wrap up, you mentioned earlier about uh podcast yeah you want to you want to plug your podcast a little bit uh i occasionally we have uh i do a podcast um uh, on it's on my website is alexiaaron.com uh it's it's normally the, the you'll just see uh you have to go down the left side um it's, uh basically the podcast is me and the web guy um and we discuss if it's going to have spoilers we'll tell you in advance oh good but we discuss books. Um, I will answer questions. In fact, I will answer any kind of question. Um, if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you, um, or I'll make one up, but I will tell you. That. <laughs> um, it's sort of like I had somebody asked me, um, from Australia, uh, asked me, um, I, right now I am hearing footprints coming down the hall and there's no one here, but me, what should I do? So I quick had to say, Dictionally, <laughs> this is what I would do, <laughs> you know, but it, but I can refer you to other uh, ghost hunting teams. I don't know any in Australia, but maybe someone here could answer a question. But, um, it, you know, but, but in the podcast, we get to talking and we go off different tangents and he'll tell you right off that I stole his name as my, my uh, non-plume um, and uh, – because Aaron, the reason I use Alexi Aaron is it's the first book on the shelf. Yeah. So that's, that's smart. So anyway, yeah. Be glad it's not Stressner because then it's all the way down at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's a spoiler for you. I grew up Diane Zasky, Z-A-S-K-E. I was at the end. So I, this time in, in this life, I'll make myself first. So there you go. I lucked into being a clerk, so <laughs> at least I'm not too far down from the top. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but that makes me a CC, and I can't tolerate that. <laughs> CC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Alexi. This has been fantastic. I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing, and it's been so enlightening. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I enjoy, I love conversations like this. I will talk to pretty much anybody. Um uh, and frequently do much to discuss with the <laughs> cashiers. So we will look forward to talking to you again. Okay, I, I'm I'm on it. You just set me up, and away I go. Awesome! Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. 